Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. Ryan, on a long enough timeline, we all outgrow certain things. Mm. Material possessions, careers, cities, routines, habits, traditions, and even relationships. What worked yesterday might not work tomorrow. So we must constantly let go because... If we don't, if we cling to the past, then we get dragged out of the present moment. Today on the public minimal episode of the Minimalist Podcast, we're talking about outgrowing things that no longer serve us. We also have an exciting announcement about our new podcast co-host later in the episode. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan and I are going to talk about why wanting less leads to satisfaction. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalists or click the link in the description. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because say it with me, y'all. Advertisements suck. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Our first question today is from Facebook. Asha has a question for us. How can you tell when you've outgrown something? Well, Ryan, let's talk about outgrowing things. So some things, material possessions. Right. I think it often starts with the stuff. And it's easy to recognize that we've outgrown a thing. Mm -hmm. Literally, like my daughter's nine. She can't fit into the her clothes when she was three. Those are the easy things to identify. Right. I literally no longer fit into them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe if I flip that around, this thing no longer fits into my life. Yeah. And so let's talk about some of the things that we outgrow. Stuff. Yeah, we'll get into that. Obviously, we're the minimalist. Careers. You and I outgrew some careers. Yeah, I loved my career when I first started. Right. It was so exciting. I was like, I was loving it, like just really enjoying the experience. And at some point, the thing that was fulfilling became the antithesis yeah. of your fulfillment, of your satisfaction. Yeah, grew it. Cities. You know, we both grew up in and around Dayton, Ohio, spent yeah. time in Cincinnati, enjoyed those cities. Yeah. In fact, I still really enjoy Dayton. Mm-hmm. We lived in Missoula, Montana uh, for five years. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where I outgrew that city personally. I stayed there a little bit too long. And I think mm-hmm. today we may even talk about Rob Bell's analogy of graduation versus divorce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because at some point, you become so discontented with the thing that you've outgrown, Mm. the city, the person, the material possession, that you almost like renounce it. You feel like you have to get divorced from it. Yeah. Or sometimes you can graduate from the thing. Yeah. Um, Routines, habits. Even like our identity. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, I think we have a question in a little bit about identity. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about identity because... I think our identities, they shape who we are, Mm -hmm. but also when we cling to that identity, it 
prevents us from being the person that we want to be moving forward. Yeah. That is a clinging to the past yeah. as well. Traditions, certain family traditions, you know, if if we've always done something this way, that's not a great reason to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not against tradition. Traditions are often in place for reasons. Here's something that has worked for a really long time, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean, oh, never question this tradition. Right. Because then we get dragged by the tradition. And mm-hmm. then, of course, relationships. We all outgrow relationships too often what happens is we get a divorce, mm. sometimes literally, but yeah. but we have a big fight with a close friend. And mm. the people we're closest to, what happens? We often outgrow that relationship because we're taken for granted or we take other people for granted. Yeah. So to get back to the fundamental question here, and this is the question I wanted to start the episode with, what do all these things have in common? Whether it's a material possession, it's a city, it's a routine, it's a habit, it's a tradition, it's a relationship, it's your identity. Mm-hmm. What do these things have in common? Well, for me, it's the past that we hold on to. Mm-hmm. We hold on to this ideal version. Yeah, I bought the shirt that was on the mannequin because I thought it was going to look great on me. Yeah. But of course, I'm not going to look like the mannequin ever, even if I'm wearing the mannequin's shirt. Mm-hmm. And so, what about the tradition? Well, I kept doing the tradition because that's what my family did. That's what my community did. That's what other people said I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to celebrate the 4th of July or Christmas. And then there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with those things. But if I'm doing it just because I'm supposed to do it, I may not even be getting the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with our material possessions, if I'm holding on to something that I've outgrown, that no longer fits into my life, then what am I doing? I'm not making space for calm, for peace. You know, I, I just moved recently. Mm. Remind me to never move again, by the way. <laughs> what do you, that's funny, too, because your furniture, you left it all, you abandoned everything. I sold all of my furniture. Yeah, and it was still a pain in the, in the butt to move, huh? And everything I own fits in my car. Right. But like a really skilled Tetris game. Okay. Uh, but it all fit there. So I, I, made, I made the drive up to Ventura County where we moved mm-hmm. and everything fit in my car. But even then, I'm just like, there's something about my OCD is a superpower and <laughs> it is also kryptonite at the same time. Right. And, so goes life. Right. And so if you want a recipe to stress me out is there's some growing pains with this. Mm, yeah. And I think that's how we start to know. This is what answer, answers Asha's question. When you start to feel some sort of pain. Yeah. It could be anxiety. Yeah. It could be stress. Yeah. It could be resentment. Ooh, resentment's a big one. Mm-hmm. I think resentment, we've far outgrown the thing. Oh, yeah. Resentment, like, yeah, that's when you are now, you know, div- you're, you're in the process of divorcing the thing, potentially. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, Bex and I, on her podcast called How to Love, we did, a, she called it the re- resentment episode. It was mm-hmm. episode 19 of her mm-hmm. podcast. And we talked about resentments we had toward each other. And it wasn't be- from each other, but it was, around the circumstances. So sometimes you can be with someone and there's joy, there's love, same thing with the thing. Mm -hmm. But maybe you've outgrown the circumstance Mm -hmm. in which you're in. Yeah. Uh, For Bex, that was living in Montana for way too long. Mm -hmm. We, for the longest time, split our time, or she split her time, really, between Montana and California until we ended up getting custody of Ella recently. And so now... We have outgrown that. But because we were sort of stuck there, that pain, we felt there was some sort of pain, suffering Mm -hmm. that was involved. And so 
the first sign that you've outgrown something is that you feel something is off. Mm. It's like, here's the reverse of this question. How do you know you love someone? There's no checklist. Mm-hmm. I can't say, well, well, what do you love about Ryan? Well, uh, he has beautiful blue eyes. Oh. He has a handsome smile. Oh, thanks. He's kind. He's compassionate. And I can name eight other things, you right? You even mentioned my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the top dozen. <laughs> and I could name a dozen things about you. Sure. And then I could find a million other people, several million other people with those same characteristics, but I may not feel the same way toward them Mm. that I do toward you. Well, why is that? Because there are certain unnameable characteristics Mm. that, yes, we can put labels on them. We can put pro and con lists together. Mm -hmm. And that can be helpful in some contexts. But ultimately, you know, there's a inner feeling. There's a heart feeling. Oh, I'm holding on to this thing. It's no longer serving me. Or here's the other thing, Ryan. We learned this a couple episodes ago. We did. Um, we were talking about Joshua Becker's. Uh, he has this rule um, where he. Uh, this would have been great for the the minimalist rule book, by the mm-hmm. way. But his rule was: just because you use a thing doesn't mean you need to own it. Mm. And what I loved about that is it almost flies in the face of our ninety ninety rule. Our ninety yeah. ninety rule is. Have I used this thing in the last 90 days? If not, will I use it in the next 90 days? Yeah. If not, I give myself permission to let go. But what Joshua Becker is doing, he's taking even a step farther. And he's saying, hey, yes, maybe I have used this in the last 90 days. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this when I was moving, Ryan. I started looking at what I would call obsolete objects. Mm. Something I would make an excuse to use once a month or whatever, just Mm -hmm. because, oh, I want to make sure I keep it. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'd be better off or at least just fine without that excess thing. Maybe I've outgrown it and I don't even know I've outgrown it, Mm. but I also feel that sense of relief when I let go, Mm. which is another rule you and I have with the spontaneous combustion rule. If you'd feel a sense of relief, if you got that relationship, that city, that routine, that habit, that tradition, that person out of your life, if you'd feel a, overwhelming sense of relief, that's probably a sign that you've outgrown Mm. that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to our callers, Ryan. If you have a question or comment for our podcast, give us a call. 406-219-7839 or email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. It looks like uh, one of our patrons, Christy, has a question for us. She's from Bell Fountain, Ohio. Represent. Two months ago, I left my now ex-husband due to an increasingly abusive situation. In the time since, I moved back to my hometown and church, began working two jobs I love, and found a counselor who was able to challenge me in the areas I need it most. For the first time in a long time, I'm safe, stable, and gradually healing. I have a very good friend who I'm interested in on a more intimate level. Historically, I've let my significant others pursue me, but I want to take a chance and pursue him. I don't plan on launching into a relationship until I'm ready for it, but I want to be honest about how I feel now. My fear is that if I haven't dealt with all of my issues, I'll be using this person or any person I choose to be intimate with in an unhealthy way. I don't want to burden anyone else with the weight of healing my scars. How do I move forward with relationships? Christy, this is a really mature view that you have here. I love some of the words that you used. But I really love the essence behind these words. You talked about safety, you know, being safe, stable, healing, mm-hmm. 
I mean, when Ryan and I, the reason we do this podcast is to help people heal their relationships, mm-hmm. whether that's your relationship with stuff, your relationship with people, your relationship with yourself. And you also, what you're trying to do is not burden others. How mm-hmm. loving and compassionate is that? Because mm-hmm. quite often when we enter into a relationship, what's the first thing we try to do? Change that person. Oh, they're great, except this list of uh, four dozen things. Mm-hmm. And if I just start changing them one by one, we don't realize what we're doing there is we are burdening someone else. Yeah. And where Christy is uh, right now is she has, well, she has outgrown a previous relationship. But I think more important than that, Ryan, she has outgrown a previous mindset mm. where we often don't know that we're doing this, but she said it in her question. We use people. We use people to heal ourselves, right? To improve ourselves, to make ourselves happy. And on the Maximal episode this week, we're going to talk about how to be satisfied, how to want less. But really, where does satisfaction come from? Where does fulfillment come from? And I will tell you this, Christy, is no matter what relationship you bring into your life, they can't make you happy. Mm. And that is probably the most difficult thing to truly understand, even when you start to understand it intellectually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I kind of feel like oh, I'm happier mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I'm around Ryan, yeah. when I'm around Professor Sean. Yeah, I'm happier when I'm around these people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but they didn't make me happy. There's a, a great Schopenhauer quote. He talks about how a man, man isn't, happy, isn't happy because he's in Paris. He Happiness appears within him when he is in Paris. Like it's mm. not that Paris made him happy, but maybe he set up the environment for that happiness, which is innate to come out from within. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Like, what, what do we say? Um, all relationships make you miserable. Yes. Like every relationship has a little bit of misery with it. So, you know, for as much as a relationship makes you happy, there's always like that counterbalance. So, so Christy, I think that's one thing to note is that no matter what relationship you get into, there's going to be points of contention, disagreements, whatever that may be. Um, for me, like a couple thoughts going on, like one is, you know, the unhealthy. Uh, she used, you know, that word unhealthy. She doesn't want to be in an unhealthy relationship due to not dealing with her trauma. So when does that become unhealthy? For me, it's it would be if I'm using a person to cover up a trauma. So if I'm like using that to like avoid that's yes. that's when it's unhealthy. So, I mean, I think that's probably how you can, that's how I would gauge it, uh, Christy, is looking at whether or not I'm using this person to avoid something, some kind of pain. Um, rather, like I would find a partner and Mariah does really well with this with me. Like I will, um, you know, have some trauma stuff come up and like, you know, I'll hit it head on and like, you know, I'll talk to her about it. And uh, yeah, it's great. We have a great relationship when it comes to that and uh, vice versa. And then the other thing too is, man, um, one thing to avoid for me, because I've had some pretty crappy relationships and, you know, crappy childhood and all that stuff. I mean, I, I, I was talking to Colin right yesterday. I'm like, dude, you have no idea how lucky you are to not have traumas. <laughs> he was raised with like the best parents, the best siblings. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, they're all amazing anyway. But my, my wife grew up in a very similar household. So I'm so envious of people who don't have the level of trauma that like you and I had. But most people, I feel like most people actually have had a pretty high level of trauma growing up. Yeah. But uh, what I'm getting at is, is when in our adult life, and we talked about this with, oh, I forget her name. But um, we were talking about when these, tra- when these things come up, um, 
trauma has created a mechanism to protect us. So when we're in an adult relationship, that mechanism that we use as a kid will come up. And then, you know, that sometimes will push people away or like it, it escalates a situation. And you've got to realize in the moment that like, okay, like that, that, that is a mechanism that used to work. It doesn't work anymore. And if I, if I, if I uh, use this mechanism, it's going to make the relationship worse. So, you know, long story short is that's something that I have to look out for with me and Mariah is like, she said something to me the other day. I'm like, my ex-wife used to always say that. And I used to get so mad. Like she said, um, she said something like, man, your mom really did, uh, your, your mom really, um, set you up for addiction or something. I forget what Mariah said. And, and my ex-wife used to always say, man, your mom did a number on you. And mm. every time she said that, I would be like, like I would get so angry at it. Yeah. And Mariah said it the other day. And I was like, I was like, my, I was like, my ex used to say that. He used to make me so mad. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I'm like at 40 years old, I can hear it. Mm. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not upset by it anymore. Like I get it. And, um, that mechanism that did start to come up, I'm like, well, hold on a second, man. Like now two people are telling you this, like maybe you want to listen to it. So you got to watch out for, um, yeah, just these different, uh, techniques we used to use to avoid the trauma. We don't have to use those techniques in uh, our future relationships. The thing about trauma too, is it is highly personal, highly perspectival, highly individual, meaning a thing that traumatizes me may not have any effect on you and vice versa, right? Sure. And I think we overuse that word quite a bit in today's sort of online vernacular where we, we talk about everything as a trauma. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up is that's not what Christy is talking about here. She's talking about legitimate traumas that she's still having trouble letting go of from the past because it is possible that you get to a point, there are things that were traumatizing to me when I was little that I have no sway over me whatsoever now. But that has to do with letting go. Well, how do I let go? I stop clinging to those things. Now, how do you do that? Well, there is no how-to here, right? It's mm -hmm. about a deep understanding of that, that thing in my past that did define me at the time may, doesn't have to continue to define me going forward. I do want to talk about one other thing real quick, Ryan, that you mentioned every relationship will bring you misery. Mm. And while that's true, it's not the relationship, of course. It's not the other person ever. Right, right. It's always me who makes me miserable. Yes. It's me who is angry. It's not... Ryan has the power to anger me only if I give him that power. Mm -hmm. I'm explaining this to my nine-year-old daughter now at this point, and she's beginning to finally understand all... I mean, which is amazing. At, at nine, she's able to grasp this. Like, oh, yeah, other people can't embarrass me. Only I can embarrass me. Mm -hmm. And you see that switch within her, right? And everything else is true within the relationship. That other person, if they help set up the environment for calm, for peace, wonderful. However, if you are dating someone, seeing someone, being intimate with someone, and they're creating an environment of chaos for you, that's not something I value. Some people do value chaos and that's okay, right? It's not that chaos is bad and peace is good. Mm. Personally, I value, I overvalue peace. I overvalue tranquility. Six days a week, I have incredible calm and peace in my life. And then I come here one day a week and all of you are driving me insane. You're welcome. But really, he's driving, him, he's driving himself insane is really what he's trying to say. That's exactly it. Uh, Christy, I want to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. So my favorite chapter in that book is actually one chapter in which Ryan doesn't appear. 
<laughs> in the whole book. <laughs> it's called Harvest Moon. Actually, it's about a relationship I really screwed up. And I didn't realize mm. I screw- was screwing it up at the time. It's one of the quickest things I ever wrote. I wrote this chapter, Ryan. I was in a hotel in Billings, Montana, like an old <laughs> cowboy hotel. And I wrote it in like one night. And mm. you know me, it takes me forever to write just about anything. And the way it's published in the book is about 95% the way that I wrote it that first night. Mm-hmm. And it's about really screwing up a relationship and the lessons I learned from that fall. Because what I realized, there's an us box in every relationship. And mm-hmm. I was just taking from the us box. I was no longer replenishing it. Mm-hmm. And no wonder I was miserable. I felt like a parasite. To her, it felt like a parasitic relationship. Mm. And so, Christy, I think there are some wonderful lessons in that chapter in particular. The book is called Everything That Remains. It's Ryan's and my second book. It's uh, our most popular book of all time. And uh, if you want to, if you're listening to this, you want to check it out, uh, you can check out the audiobook, the book book, or the ebook. Christy will send you whichever of those that you'd like. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions, your comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer your questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And thanks to our good friend, Social Jess, you can find all of our pithy sayings over at minimalmaxims.com. Malabama, it looks like Morgan has a question for us. How do you outgrow something without feeling like you're losing a part of your identity? Ryan, I was reminded of, I heard Ram Das give a talk about this once in front of a, a small group of people. Hmm. And he's just so like playful and jovial. And he, he was like, just ribbing the people there because mm-hmm. someone asked a question similar to this about mm. identity. Yeah. And he said, oh, look at you. Isn't that cute? You think you have an identity. <laughs> yeah. And how funny is that? Like, we, we create this construct. Like, yes, I understand what you mean by the term identity. Yeah. And so I have a pithy answer for you, but also understanding that your identity is more malleable and mm. certainly more fluid than you might think. By the time you get to Ryan's and my advanced age, <laughs> we have done an interview for AARP magazine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, minimizing for seniors. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get to our advanced age, you, um, you start to realize or you start to th- believe like, here's who I am as a person. I am solidified. Yeah. When you were nine, it wasn't like, oh, this is my identity. Yeah, like I was a skater in high school. I don't, I'm not a skater anymore. And yet we cling to those things well beyond, like, to me, and still in my mind, I'm still a basketball player. I haven't played basketball in a decade, mm. over a decade. Yeah. But you still identify with the basketball player. Yes. Yeah. Although, like, you, I'm way better at ping pong than I am basketball. <laughs> I don't identify as a ping pong player. Why? It was just because I, I've chosen in my mind to hold on to that. Yeah. And so that's something for me to work on letting go of, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm certainly not that. Like, I enjoyed playing basketball once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy watching it from time to time. But that's not really who I am as a person. So here's, mm-hmm. here's something pithy for you. Your identity is contaminated by the residue of the past. Mm. And so that being a basketball player is some residue from my past, Mm -hmm. right? And so instead of heaping things onto my identity, it's like sometimes we have a, the analogy I used in our book, Love People Use Things, is like trying to paint a burning house. Mm. That's what we often do with our identities. I have 
you know, a house that is infested with termites, let's say. You right. wouldn't just go and paint the house over and over. Right. You know what this needs? A new coat of paint. Right. In fact, we had termites here recently, which I think we're still mm-hmm. dealing with. Dude, that's that's Los Angeles, but yes. that's a different and, conversation. And so, but we didn't just paint, oh, I guess we'll paint over the floor, right? right. That'll make it better. Put more carpet down, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> termites no. can't eat carpet. <laughs> and, and so, but that's what we do with our own lives. Like, yeah. we will try to just cover up up ourself mm-hmm. with more identity. I need to identify with new things, better things. The past didn't work for me, so I'm going to heap on more stuff to my mm. life. Yeah. I bought the wrong things. And so we have all this residue from the past. The real identity is underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. It's the letting go of that residue that we've been clinging to, which brings me to my second pithy minimal maxim here. And I, I said this, a version of this during the intro, Ryan. If we cling to the past... We get dragged out of the present. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm really good at dragging myself out of the present moment. <laughs> I'm very future oriented. Mm. So I'm, I'm always thinking about what's the next thing I can do? What am I doing tomorrow? What's on the to-do list? Where are we going this weekend? Let's plan mm. two months in advance. What's the next trip? Whatever it is. And nothing wrong with planning, nothing wrong with looking in the rear view from time to time. Mm-hmm. But if we just drive staring up at this rear view mirror, we're going to hit the car that's right in front of us because mm-hmm. it takes us out of what's going on right there in front of us. Same thing is true with if I'm just staring at the horizon in perpetuity, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing what's going on right here in front of me. Yeah. Man, my pithy answer is this, Morgan. We are defined by our character, not our things. So I think about going back to the skater thing. When I was in high school, um, my dad would not let me wear skater clothes because mm. it looked worldly. But I really enjoyed skating. I wasn't like good at it or anything, but I really enjoyed it. You just and, wanted the Jenko jeans. Yeah, right. Exactly. He would not let me get Jenko jeans. So um, I remember like talking about skating and this kid was like, you don't skate. Like, look at you. You don't. Sk-. I'm like, because of the clothes I wear? Like, that means I don't skate. He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm, my dad would bring me to Walmart and like you know, buy me Wrangler jeans, which are now cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like back in back in our day, Wrangler jeans were not the cool jeans. They have they have Wranglers over at Kith now. It's so it's wild, man. <laughs> it's wild how things change. So anyway, um, eventually I did start to get, get more, you know, baggier clothes, yada yada yada. Yeah. Finally, like talk my dad, you know, to not full Janko, but like you know, as far as I could get with the big with the big pants, Levi's, the silver tabs. Yeah, silver wide cut. Yeah. Anyway, um. But I felt like I had to have the things to be that identity. But like, I didn't really need the clothes to, to enjoy skating. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's what you do. Like your actions, th- that, you know, is, is a, a big piece of your character. Like, wh- what are you doing? That's who you are. It doesn't, the things you own don't make you who you are. They, they can accentuate it. Sure, yeah. They can highlight some things. I think about someone like David Bowie, mm-hmm. who was this eccentric person. And then his style, wardrobe, makeup. Mm-hmm surroundings, yeah. photos, everything about his life sort of accentuated, highlighted mm-hmm. the person who he was. But I could put those same clothes on Ryan mm-hmm. and you'd just be like, what is he doing? Or you could take all of those things away from David Bowie and he would still produce some amazing music. He'd still be David Bowie. Right. Ryan, we got a bunch more to talk about, including our new podcast co-host. He'll be joining us by phone here in a moment. But first... Alabama, what do you got for us? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Aubrey from Lehigh, Utah, and I was just calling to say that something that is 
difficult for me is to get rid of items that people give me as gifts. But something that I have learned is asking the question, has this served its purpose or has this helped me feel um, the love that that person has for me? If the answer is yes, then it served its purpose and I feel confident that I can get rid of it. Hi, this is Janelle from Salt Lake. I was calling in regard to the episode about relationships and um, being, I guess, content. The comment that I wanted to make is um, both, I think, as a single person and as you're looking for a relationship, when you are content with who you are before you go into, say, wanting a new job or, say, wanting a new relationship, um, I think that is where you build a better relationship than you could if you were looking for someone else to fulfill that or if you were looking for fulfillment through, say, a job or doing, you know, the next object A. Um, and the thing that I have found in my life that makes me content or makes me at least aware of what I need to change in order to be content is gratitude. If I am grateful for the things that I have in my life, even the negative things, um, that teach me patience or that teach me compassion or that teach me um, to be frugal, then I am content. Uh, I may want to change, but I am content with who I am in that moment. And I think that has, for me, been the essential point of being a happy person um, is to be grateful for the things that I have. All right, y'all, real quick for right here, right now, we have big news, a special announcement, Nicodemus. Heck yeah. We have a new Mm co-host. We have a new format. Jordan, I want to make this a YouTube breakout, so stay tuned for that. So where do we start, Ryan? Well, Hmm. after 350 episodes, we've sort of outgrown our current podcast Hmm. format So beginning August 1st, 2022, with episode 351, we'll have a brand new podcast co-host and a new podcast format. Let's talk about what that means real quick. So first off, the first thing you're going to notice is we're going to start releasing our public and private podcast episodes both on the same day, on Mondays going forward. Why? Well, because... No matter which version you subscribe to, the public or the private version, we want to start your week with a dose of simplicity. We're also combining the minimal and maximal episodes for our Patreon subscribers. So if you are a supporter of the podcast, you no longer have to download two separate episodes. We've heard you loud and clear, patrons. You don't have to record or download an episode on Tuesday and then do one on Thursday and they're not two separate episodes. It's going to be one giant episode for you each week, a whole lot more of less. So don't worry, both the minimal and the maximal episodes are still going to be 100% advertisement free because advertisement still and always will suck. So big thanks to our Patreon supporters who do keep the podcast advertisement free. If you're a public podcast listener, you just listened to the public version of the podcast. We've heard you loud and clear as well. You know, I know that you want, you've been saying, hey, we want shorter shareable episodes of the free public version. So what Ryan and I have decided to do is the public version of the podcast, all of the same sort of segments, added value right here, right now, callers, lightning round, silly jokes. (laughs) You're going to see that, uh, but it's going to be about 20 minutes every Monday. So the free minimal episode every Monday, 20 minutes, 
short, shareable. We'll also be sharing every day, thanks to Danny Unknown. We're going to share every day on TikTok and Instagram a one-minute podcast clip. Every single day, you're going to see one of those. Make it short, shareable. You can share that with your friends, family, etc. As for the private podcast, Ryan... Well, we're increasing our private maximal episodes on Patreon to two plus hours every week. Mm. And with our new co-host, who knows, they might be three or four hours. <laughs> They'll be joining us on the phone here in a second to mm. talk about that. But we're expanding the private podcast, including some new segments. Ryan came up with this great idea for Amass It or Trash It, mm. where yeah. audience members can come to us and they say, hey, I've got this item. Should I keep it? Should I let it go? I wonder if we're just going to tell everyone, I'll just let it go. Yeah, just let it go, probably. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking about that time we were on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and they had us do um, kind of an amass, amass it or trash it type thing where basically someone called in with an item and then they told us to pick a side. So they were like, all right, Josh, on this item, you are for it and you, Ryan, are against it. And uh, yeah, we just had like, the, like an antique doll, I remember... I remember you getting all the like the easy sides though. Where it was so yeah, it was like every time that uh you had an item, like whatever side you were on, that's probably what they should have done. And it wasn't always get rid of it. So yes, I imagine that there's gonna be some times where we're like, hey, look, sounds like you get a lot of value out of that. Keep it. That's a great metaphor too. Someone else, it's always easier for them to let go of it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why people are gonna call in and we can tell them what we think. Would I hold on to this if I was in your circumstance or would I let it go? And what would be the best way? Recycle it, sell it, etc. Mm -hmm. Some other new segments that we're going to be working on on the private podcast, Ryan. Advertisements suck where mm -hmm. we review a sucky advertisement. We'll just look at a sucky ad, talk about why it's terrible, why it's influencing us and what to do about it mm -hmm. as well. Up for discussion, a little debate that we'll have with our new co-host, me, you, and him. We can debate just different topics. So yeah. up for discussion is a, a another podcast segment, Obsolete Objects. Really looking forward to this one. Mm. So what I've realized, we had this uh, this gal, Gemma, she, one of our Patreon subscribers, she was talking to me about this the other day. She's like, I love how you show me that certain things I've always thought I'm supposed to have, mm -hmm. like dryer sheets or mm. cashews or Wi-Fi at home or whatever it might be, mm. uh, fabric softener. Like maybe I don't need deodorant. It's not that it's bad, yeah. but I can start questioning the things that I thought were a must for me. Yeah. So every week we're going to do that segment on the private podcast as well. And then also Photo Fridays where we're going to start posting a photo of one of our homes and we can have a discussion, the three of us, mm -hmm. where we're talking about, oh, you know what? Here's like, it's like a, a home tour basically. Hmm. But we're talking about, hey, here's what my living room looks like right now. Or mm -hmm. I just moved recently. Look at all the clutter that comes from moving. Mm -hmm. And so having honest discussions about real life minimalism in our own homes. Plus a bit more. Also, Ryan, on the minimal and maximal episodes, we're finally going to start taking live callers on the air. Yeah. So think about Dave Ramsey or Dan Savage or your favorite radio call-in show. Mm -hmm. We're going to be interacting with you, our callers, live on the air. So instead of people just calling in, leaving a voicemail, which we'll mm -hmm. still do that. We'll still have you call and leave voicemails. But if it requires expanding upon their question... And, and you know, we had a, a question today from Christy. It would have been great to get her on the phone and say, hey, mm -hmm. tell me more about 
this past relationship or the mm-hmm. past trauma? What traumas are you experiencing mm-hmm. uh, in, in your life? And having that dialogue with someone will really help us get to the root of the suffering, the suffering with material possessions, with relationships, with any other clutter that we bring into our lives. And let's talk about the archives real quick, Ryan. This is a big one for us. We are archiving the first 300 episodes of the Minimalist Podcast exclusively on Patreon. Why? Well, because we don't think the first 300 episodes are the best place to start. (laughs) Yeah. You can go back into the archives if you want. Sure. It's just five bucks to join Patreon, so you can get all 300 episodes still. It's yeah, you know, for five bucks, you'll never get more content than than that. Yeah, and so, but what we want to do is we want people to listen to the newer version of the podcast yeah. first. So, the most f- recent fifty episodes, roughly, will continue to be free, free to the public of the minimal version of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But all of our archives, if you do want to dive back into those, you can. But we recommend starting with and sharing the most recent episodes first. Everything from episode 300 on Mm -hmm. is much closer to how Ryan and I think these days. It doesn't mean there's not value in going back to episode 001 Mm -hmm. like millions of you have done at this point. (laughs) A lot of people like to start at 001. Yeah. And we just think that's not the best place to start. Probably not. But there's like a completionist in all of us that wants to like have it in numerical order I've done that with some podcasts and realized like, okay, I need to like, I need to probably skip ahead a dozen or two episodes. Or just go backward. If you're a completionist like me, you can just work your way back to episode one if you'd like. And so that is the archives. You can find all those patreon.com slash the minimalist. Oh, and finally, Ryan, we totally buried the lead, but we did so intentionally. Joining us by phone, calling from the front seat of a U-Haul moving truck is our brand new co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, T.K. Coleman. Yeah! What is going on, fellas? T.K., why the hell are we doing this? Yeah, man. Say what? I said, why the hell are we doing this? Oh, man, because it's a hell yes, man. (laughs) It's a hell yes. (laughs) Amen. Um, (laughs) I heard someone say that, uh, you know, um, if there ever was such a thing as a perfect team, uh, it would cease to be perfect the moment that you got there. You guys were too perfect, man. I had to come in and corrupt stuff. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm excited, No, you know, man. seriously, um, in all honesty, man, I'd say, you know, I, I've always agreed with that whole statement about you don't want to always be the smartest person in the room, but you, don't, you also don't want to always be the dumbest person in the room. You don't want to be the smartest because you can't learn. You don't want to be the dumbest because you can't contribute. And so... You always want to live your life kind of like in a mixture of those two spaces where you are contributing, but you are also being positively challenged. And I feel like, man, we've always had this great sense of camaraderie and this great chemistry between the three of us. But what really binds us together for me is the way we disagree. That's what really makes me say, (laughs) I love these guys, man. And I want to keep working with these guys at a higher level because the, the manner in which we disagree just contributes to, so significantly to my own personal growth. And I know that that mm. that you guys would say the same about me. And so I'm excited not only about the chemistry and camaraderie and brotherhood that we have, but I'm also excited about our differences and the way we embrace that, the way we lean into that, the way we can have so much joy in discussing those things together. So that's, I mean, it just makes sense to me, man. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to this. Yeah, man, me too. It's interesting because like I look at Josh and I'm like yin and yang. Mm-hmm. I, what do you when you add a third 
personality and like what now what when now what can we compare it to because we need a new we need a new metaphor we need a new metaphor yeah i think it's a, a table you have a table with three legs uh, okay and if you remove one leg mm-hmm. the table falls over right right but like what we're going to do is we're building something new like i said we've out we have 350 awesome episodes yeah. minimal episodes maxwell episodes yeah. all out there this huge archive that has been an exploration for us yeah but I, i'm totally with you we can disagree in ways where we're not arguing, we're not fighting, and we can help each other see our perspectives. Sometimes it changes our mind, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But the dynamic between the three of us is we tend, all three of us tend to be just a little bit off from mm. where the other one is. Mm-hmm. And so we're, it's like in the studio, we've got a light behind me, a light behind Ryan. It takes each light in order to shine the light appropriately. And I think the same is true with the three of us. And we've done a bunch of podcasts now with TK. We've done a bunch of live events with him as well. This seems to me like the natural progression. And so we're really going to be expanding on both the free minimal episodes and the private podcast episodes as well. Mm -hmm. If you are a podcast supporter, don't worry. I know inflation is affecting everyone. But the minimalists aren't raising your prices. In fact, without raising prices, we're going to inflate the value of what we're giving you over on Patreon. I see what you did there. Hey, thanks. As a matter of fact, That's Josh true. and Ryan have me living in a box just so we can all afford to do this. <laughs> exactly. <without 100%>. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not yet subscribed to the private podcast, we hope you'll join us. Visit patreon.com slash the minimalists or click the link in the description. Just give it a month starting with episode 351. Keep in mind, you're not going to have to download two separate episodes now. You're going to start getting everything on Mondays. This is going to be just an amazing change for us. And for those of you who are afraid of change, don't worry. You still get your minimal episode every week. You still get all the stuff we share for free. All of that is still out there. We're not changing that. We're not taking something away from you. In fact, we're adding a whole lot more of what really matters. So if you want to subscribe, patreon.com slash the minimalist, you'll get a personal link so that you can play our weekly private podcast in your favorite podcast app. You also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, and our community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. TK, is there anything else that we need to add today? Hey, man, I'm just looking forward to the fun. That's one of my favorite quotes from Seth Godin. (laughs) Find the fun. Mm. And whatever you do, find the fun. I think about that movie, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, where uh, the young athlete who shattered his leg in an accident uh, said, I can no longer do what I love. And his mentor said to him that when a true warrior is incapable of doing what he loves, he learns how to find the love in what he does. And Mm. I love working with you guys, but what I love most is your ability to find the love in everything that you do. So I'm looking forward to this, man. I'm looking forward to creating fun together, finding the fun together, and um, and just bringing a, a new level of value to the people out there that have grown together with you guys over the years and have found so much meaning and value in the work that you do. I'm, I'm really looking forward to contribute to that. Yeah. This is going to take it to a whole new level. TK, we love you. We appreciate yeah, you, brother. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Much love, guys. All right, before we get to our added value segment, here's a thoughtful testimonial from one of our lovely Patreon subscribers. Carrie says, wow, this is great. I really enjoy the private podcast. It's so candid and genuine. 
A separate sentence here. And funny. That's all you, Ryan. It's just my, it's because I look funny. <laughs> you giggle so much. And, and also, Mallory makes us seem at least 15% funnier. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, she laughs at everything. I love it. Carrie, it's, it's great for the, it's great for confidence. Carrie says, I'm honored to be part of this advertisement free space. You both inspire trust. We as listeners know there is nothing you want from us except an open mind. Yeah, I don't even know if I want that from you. I certainly don't want a like mind from you. And that's why we're bringing TK on board here as well, mm -hmm. because it's not about having people with like minds. Mm -hmm. Yes, having an open mind is great. So hopefully you'll join us over there for the private podcast, or we'll continue to see you on the public podcast. For our added value this week, Ryan, I have two things for you. What do you got? You know, I just moved to Ventura County, and uh, one of my favorite thinkers lived there for a long time. His name is Jay Krishnamurti, mm. and he has a wonderful book called Think on These Things. I was going to bring a copy, but all my books are still in two different boxes mm. and I haven't unpacked them yet. Mm. And so um, I'm sure Jordan right here can place the cover if you're watching the YouTube video version of the podcast. Think on these things. If you're looking to think differently, to understand differently, not the way that society has programmed you, but to sort of undo some of that programming, then think on these things is a, just a great book. We're recording this the day after the 4th of July, Fireworks Day, as Ella calls it. <laughs> I call it World War Three here in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. It's crazy, man. Like, I, for New Year's and 4th of July, like the fireworks start like right before sunset. So call it like 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. And then they don't stop till 3 o'clock in the morning. I've never been in a city where like they go that long. I mean, and it's just like, because we were up in Pasadena, so we were watching the Rose Bowl fireworks, which were really cool. Like I got friends who live closer there. So we just like go up the hill a little bit and you kind of look down on the fireworks. But then in the distance, like downtown, past downtown, whatever that is, on whatever part of Los Angeles that is. Yeah, South LA. Yeah. It's just like, it's there's not one second without like two or three fireworks going off. For hours, it seems. Hours. It's I remember crazy. the view from my old apartment slash condo in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm had this great south facing view and it was just it looked like there was a war like you said a war yes. going on outside yes. my window yep. it's a little terrifying the first time that you see it you're like what is going on and then the next even this morning i was driving into la county like the the ba whole basin oh, yeah. there's still smoke and oh. smog and from the night before so i have the smoke was particularly bad last i haven't seen it that bad in the five years we lived here. But anyway. So there's a new song. Show. There's a new song that we were listening to because Ella kept asking me to listen to it over and over and over yesterday. Mm. And because she really enjoyed the song. Now, you know me, I don't typically enjoy country music that much. Mm -hmm. But occasionally there's a song that it'll just, it'll get me. And you, mm -hmm. you start to get the vibe. I don't know. I, and so this one is by a guy named Mike who had one of my favorite albums from last year. His name is just Mike. M-I-K-E, period. And another guy named Skis, and it's called Country Anywhere. Mm. And Ella just had this song. Can we listen to it again? Can we listen to it again? Can we listen to it again? So I'm sure you hear it playing in the background right now. Enjoy Country Anywhere by Mike and Skis. By the way, Ryan, we got a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like, I have an expansive collection that I've outgrown and no longer enjoy. Is it worth trying to sell it, even if I don't think anyone else would want it? What is the perfect amount of clothes to wear as a minimalist? <laughs> Ryan, I have a specific answer for this one. Mm. An actual answer. Mm. Is live every day like it's your last. Good advice. 
or horrible advice. Mm. Let's argue about that, Ryan. You can check that out this week over on Patreon this Thursday. Patreon.com slash The Minimalists. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalist. If you want our podcast show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at TheMinimalists.com. On behalf of Ryan Nicodemus, Alabama Podcast Sean, Jordan No More, Professor Sean, Social Jess, Danny Unknown, Post-Production Peter, Emma the Immigrant, and Chrissy still needs a, a nickname here, <laughs> and the rest of our team. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. If you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. We can be out downtown or drunk on a beach, backyard pool, or of course I see. Big house party, your hometown football game. We can be country in a Maserati or a Chevrolet.